0: All right, let's welcome into another Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, Rob Parker, Martin Weiss, Mr. Martin Weiss. Of course, this is the NBA edition. Uh, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing well. I've been doing great with the NBA with my picks recently, filling in on the odd couple tomorrow with you, graduating from school in a week and a half or so. Life is good.
0: Wait a minute. So they're actually going to give you a master's degree from USC in a week and a half. Is that true?
1: Provided I finish these 500 words and uh, get my thesis approved, but things are tracking that way. Okay. I have a I have a cap and gown somewhere around here in this apartment that I need to try on.
0: That's an amazing thing, man. I just, I remember when you talked to me about going and doing it and now here it is, man. That's beautiful. I think less than uh. of African-American males have a secondary degree. So welcome to the club, Martin. That's a great accomplishment.
1: Well, I guess this will be one time I guess I'm, what, happy to be a statistic?
0: Yes, this is a good statistic. It really is. All right, now let's welcome in an NBA insider, a friend of both of us, and a guy who knows the NBA inside and out, Mr. Vinny Goodwill from Yahoo Sports. Vinny, Welcome to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast, the NBA edition. How you doing, bro?
2: That's a heck of a name that I'm (laughs) sure has very, very pure, um, very pure origins,
0: right? Of course it does. You know that. (laughs) Vinny, you know me too long. You know how much I love wings. It's either garlic farm or lemon pepper. One of the two.
2: It's not about the wings. It's about where you get the wings from, Rob
1: Parker. (laughs) I
2: I,
0: I figured you were saying that.
1: No, Rob only goes to lunch. Rob, well, first of all, Vinny, you know Rob long enough to know. He posts everywhere he goes to lunch on Instagram. So we have a (laughs) decent idea where he got those wings from, right? You know what I'm saying? It was either Wingstop or if he's in Atlanta, he's going to be outside of Magic City posting like, hey, guys, look at me.
0: (laughs) 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 No doubt. All right, Vinny, let's start. I, I want to start with the New York Knickerbockers, okay. who have made a a, a big come up. Uh, that's all I can say. Nobody thought that they would make this move, the East, the East and be in the top four teams, and where they are defensively, they're a very good team at the top as well. Uh, how good are they, Vinny, and can they make any noise in the Eastern Conference?
2: I mean, if you're asking if they're good enough to be a team that wins the first-round playoff series, sure. I think they're good enough to beat Atlanta or Boston or maybe even a Miami. Although I, th- I would give Miami the edge in that particular matchup. Are they good enough to win a first-round playoff series? Good enough to put a scare into whomever is the top seed? Sure, but good enough to get to the conference finals? I stop short of that, Rob. Like they do have the best defense in the league. They do have a you know, outside MVP candidate and Julius Randle. They play extremely hard, which in this NBA season where defense hasn't been optional, you know, PTO has been optimal if you're Kyrie Irving. (laughs) But, you know, like attendance actually matters in case case people didn't know in the NBA and the New York Knicks have actually been consistent this year, at least in terms of their effort. So that's going to get them a long way. My question is, they don't have another level to go-to because they're playing playoff-level intensity basketball for 72 games. Usually teams hold something back. They got another level to go to. The Knicks don't have another level to go to. Can they do things a little bit better, a little bit harder, whatever? Okay, sure, fine. But I don't think their elevator goes as high as some of these other teams just from a talent standpoint. So, yeah, can they win a first-round playoff series, Rob? Absolutely. But I don't think they can really compete
1: with the powers of the East, not yet. So with that, with that, though, if they can't really compete with the powers of the East right now, Is signing Julius Randle to like like a long-term extension coming up right now? Is that the number one priority for the Knicks? Or is it trying to find somebody that's going to take them to that next level?
2: Well, that's a very good question. And I think you want to cultivate the talent that you have. Because Julius Randle two years ago when they signed him, A, people laughed at them and they laughed at him because it was like, oh, you're the consolation prize for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and all those other guys. And he turned out to be much better this season than anybody expected. He has an option for next season that they could exercise. They don't have to sign him to a long-term extension. Not right now. They don't have to. And they have over $50 million in cap space. The problem is there's not a whole lot of free agents out there this year that you can just go out there and get. Anybody that you get is going to have to be in the trade market, which means that has to me that has very little or nothing to do with what you do with Julius Randle in terms of the long term. Do you want your best player happy? I would say yes, especially if you're the New York Knicks. You've been messing around with TV dinners for your entire existence, and now you got a little cut of filet. When, when you get a little cut of filet, you want more. You want some red wine with it. You want some shrimp. You want the whole meal. Don't go chasing after something you don't get when you're not taking care of home. If you're the Knicks, you got to take care of home
1: first. So let me ask you about another team in the East that did, you know, hypothetically last summer, make their star happy, paid them a lot of money, went and got Drew Holiday. The Milwaukee Bucks just beat the Nets back to back games. Apparently, the coaches on the hot seat If they don't go on a deep playoff run, should we be fearing the Bucks in the East right now?
2: Yeah, you should be fearing the Bucks in the East. I think. I think if it's one thing that we've shown this year that we don't know anything about is we don't know how continuity is going to play in the postseason. And the Milwaukee Bucks don't have the gaudy record like Philly and like Brooklyn, and they they've been pretty much under the radar for the entire season. Like Giannis has virtually the same stats that he did the last two seasons. And there's been no talk of him winning MVP
0: like he's won the last two seasons. I think it's like Giannis fatigue, though, <laughs> Benny. You know how it is. I, I know what you're saying. The numbers are the same, but there's no way he's winning the MVP. People just, after his postseason play, you know, even though he won two, it'll be hard for voters to pick him.
2: No, you're absolutely right. And I, and I think had he, had he gotten to the finals – before And he's one of these last two years. You would very well hear a lot of talk about him maybe possibly being in that Embiid and Jokic conversation. But because they've lost, that has sprouted all the questions about is Giannis a playoff player? Do they have enough? Is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, are they primetime players? And is Mike Budenhoser a primetime coach who can make adjustments on the fly. Like I thought boot was the biggest culprit for all of their problems in the last two postseasons, And Giannis has been the human shield for him because Giannis hasn't been able to shoot and all these other different things that we knew about Giannis going into the playoffs. I think they right. might've failed just enough over the last two years to where they've slowed it down a little bit this year. They're not chasing the wins. The same things that the Brooklyn Nets are going through right now, what they're going to go through in the playoffs, some of those growing pains, the Bucs have been through already. The problem is if the Brooklyn Nets are completely healthy, they've got three big jokers, essentially, if we're playing space. They've got three big jokers (laughs) compared to Milwaukee's one. And if you any type of decent card player, you know three beats one any day.
0: No doubt. Our guest is Vinnie Goodwill from uh, Yahoo Sports, NBA Insider. Let me ask you about Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Is he in the MVP conversation? Obviously, you know, Devin Booker's a big player there. I mean, it's not just Chris Paul, but his addition, you know, has propelled this team to, you know, in the top of the uh, Western Conference. Should he get consideration? I
2: guess. Like, I think it's fashionable to say, like, you want to seem like you're in the cool crowd. (laughs) <laughs> to say that, you know, you want to be a part of the basketball elite. To say that, you know, yeah, I think Chris Paul should get MVP consideration. It's not just the raw numbers and he wins everywhere he goes. And all those things are true. But here's what people have to realize about the Phoenix Suns. They were on track to make the playoffs last season. And Andre Ayton had a 25-game PED suspension that really haunted them. And if I'm not a huge devotee of the advanced stats. But his win shares are just as high as Chris Paul's. And they were just as high last year. So while we may be sleeping on their roster a bit, like you get, like you said, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, even a guy like Cameron Payne, who's showing he's a pro coming off the bench behind Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul brings a level of order and discipline and leadership to a team. But Monty Williams to me is coach of the year. And while Chris Paul's gonna take a lion's share of the credit. And I think people want to jump on the Well, Steve Nash won two MVPs with these type of stats. We're talking about a totally different era of basketball, a totally different type of player. And I just think, once again, it's fashionable for people to say, oh, it's time for Chris Paul to get one. That's not how I I award MVPs. I don't award MVPs. It's not the Lifetime
0: Achievement Award kind of deal. I'm with you, Vinny. Absolutely not. That kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't sit right with me. It's not because it's your turn. If you're the best player in the league, you know what I mean? You should win the award, period.
1: My thing with Chris Paul for the MVP, it's like he's having a great year. Absolutely. And did he make the Suns better? Yes. But the Suns, the Suns were the bubble of, I mean, the the stars of the bubble before uh, the playoffs started. They almost made it by no fault of their own. Right. Because after the season restarted, they didn't lose. Right. I like. But if you're going to be the MVP, like we talk about James Harden, he was the MVP runner up all those years in Houston. He was running the show. And I'm not saying Chris Paul is not, you know, he's the point guard. But is Chris Paul the number one thing that defenses are looking for when they're looking at the Phoenix Suns? Like, I, probably, I,
2: think, I, think, I think he is in a way that he facilitates so much, Martin, that if you, it's like, like a head of the snake type of thing. Like, okay. Devin Booker has been getting numbers for a couple of years, but it hasn't translated to wins. We get numbers for, you know, for quite a few years, it hasn't translated to wins. Chris Paul sort of ties everything together, but you, that doesn't mean like plenty, like we always say guys can have MVP type of years. Don't mean you got to win MVP. Only one guy wins. Right. Steph Curry's having an MVP type of year, but there's no chance he's going to win it. Joel Embiid is having an MVP type of year. I mean, these guys are having great years in part because I feel like part the numbers are artificially inflated because there's no crowds, no pressure, you know, all that type of stuff. And the defense has gotten, you know, particularly worse. I don't know why we're sitting up somewhere arguing this. The MVP is Nikola Jokic, and it's not really that close. And I don't know what we're doing trying to create artificial conversations that don't really matter. Like, I haven't put in my vote yet, but I think there's going to be very little to change my mind between now and May 15.
0: And, Vinny, what I love is there's a difference between the chatter on social media and all these blogs and guys like you who actually covered the league. That happened last year. There was so much social media and talking heads that LeBron was in the conversation for MVP. But the writers, when they spoke, it was a landslide because it was, you know what I mean? Isn't there, don't you get that sense that there's like two different. Uh, it's like a wind tunnel. Right? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like a wind tunnel. If you operate, if you're a slave to the, to the Twitter sphere and the blogosphere, you're going to see all these different, you know, conversations sprout up and LeBron Went on the whole. Well, I've never, I haven't won an MVP since 2013, and I play for the Lakers. And that was the discussion of, you know, I brought the Lakers back. It was tacit, it was real quiet, it was real subtle. But people wanted to call you and say, well, you know, you look at LeBron's numbers, and he's playing defense, and he's playing point guard, and he's bringing the Lakers back. And you're like, no, no, no. Look what that guy in Milwaukee is doing who's going to win defense, right. the player of the year. Whose who's numbers
0: does. were better than the year before when he won the MVP, no who's, doubt, and the team had the best record. He, it it wasn't even that. a conversation.
2: It, to me, it wasn't right. even a conversation.
0: No, and that's why the, the, the voting was as lopsided as people thought, because there was just, there was never really, LeBron wasn't going to win the MVP. Uh, let me ask you about uh, Carmelo Anthony, who, who entered into the top 10 in scoring in the NBA. I I, am trust. uh, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he was the only one in that group who had never won a championship. And am I right in those top 10? What is that? What, what do you make of Carmelo? Obviously he's a great scorer. We know that that's not even an issue. He's going to make it to the hall of fame. He was great in college at Syracuse for that one year, all that. But where do you place his career when you look at that list? And he's the only one who couldn't, couldn't win
2: he 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 sticks out. You know what I mean? He's odd and not just from a standpoint of winning the championship. If I'm correct, all of those guys won an MVP in the top 10. At least one mm-hmm. and even Dirk, you know, won an MVP and those That's guys won right won multiple. Yep. A lot of those guys won multiple MVP. So they were, you know, elongated stretches of of excellence that just extended beyond just being a great scorer. I think Carmelo is one of the greatest natural scorers that we've seen. You know, he keeps a dribble and he's able to operate in small spaces better than most guys. I think the difference is, aside from Carmelo who needed John Stockton or needed a point guard, Carmelo probably needed a point guard to make him better on a consistent basis. If you remember his years with Jason Kidd, his years with Chauncey Billups, those were the best team-wide years that Carmelo had because he's not a guy that's going to lift your franchise and lift it to basically you know, beyond it being a first round team. Remember, there was a number of years where Carmelo didn't get out of the first round in Denver and granted the Western Conference was really, really tough. But he had a good team, though. He had a good team, but he didn't have a great team. And if you were depending on Carmelo as franchise player to lift up your entire franchise, he wasn't that guy. He was a guy that was going to give you lots of buckets in bunches, especially back then. You got to remember, Rob, in a league where, you remember those Piston teams, they held teams for five straight games under 70 points. So having a guy who could get his own in that league back then, which is a different league than now, having a guy that can score you 25 points a night and do it quite easily resonated completely different than right now where everybody can score 25. I think Carmelo's going to be one of those victims to history because we're going to just look and say he didn't win a championship. But I never looked at his skill set his athleticism or his gifts and said that he should have been a guy to lead a team to a championship. I never thought his talent was of a LeBron or Dwayne Wade or one of those top tier guys.
1: I've always felt like he was just below it.
0: All right, last question from Mark. Go for it.
1: I was about to say one thing about Carmelo that's interesting to me, though, he should have been in the top 10. If you think about it, since he got signed by Portland, both of those seasons, this season is shorter. And the see, like, uh, this season is obviously 10 games shorter. And then the, the season before got interrupted by the pandemic and then the bubble and all of that. He would have probably been in the top 10 beforehand, even just being with his time in Portland. But just,
2: just longevity, so, the longevity yeah. and consistency. He, he should have never been out the league. Like you can say whatever you want, but him being cut by Houston and then not being picked up, traded, waived and all that. Like there was a place for him in the league. And yeah, he should have made the top 10 list sooner. I just, I just wonder. The higher he goes, the more wistful that you're going to be when you look at his career. Sometimes the accomplishments actually make your career more empty when you look at what you haven't accomplished and where you haven't gone.
1: Yeah, You can, just no ask, Charles, you can ask Charles Barkley about that. Um, but one thing I wanted to ask you last question because LeBron's upset with the playing, but I love the playing. Rob, old man Parker probably wants us to get off his lawn and go back to the regular seven eight seeds, but. Right now, I think it's intriguing because you have Steph Curry right now on the border of maybe being in the – and and would be playing a top seed. Like, will the Warriors make the postseason? Depends on who they play. Like,
2: I like the play-in too because the the play-in has nothing to do with the playoffs, guys. The play-in has everything to do with curbing tanking. And you want to make the last few games or the last couple of weeks of the regular last month of the regular season matter. So you have to incentivize those teams, not just nine and 10, but 11, 12 and maybe 13 if they're close enough to keep playing hard. So the players and the teams kind of created this situation in in that way. But if you're Golden State, it depends on the matchup. Like if you're playing the Lakers and LeBron is healthy and Anthony Davis comes back and looks like himself, I can't see you beating that team. But any other situation, this literally is like Steph Curry and Davidson. You know what I mean? Where he's basically playing with the Davidson Wildcats. It's just Steph and the Stephanaires. And and you're hoping that Steph gets hot in a game. The problem is, it's one game. And what happens if Steph ain't hot? Especially at
0: the end of the game when it matters the most. I'm just saying. Steph is
2: more clutch, Rob. I've I've heard you. And clutch is not, to me, always defined in terms of last-second shots. Clutch to me is defining, this is where Steph doesn't get enough credit, where you're down nine and you need to get down to three in the course of a minute, and he'll hit two threes to keep it. Yeah, you but, but, back but if you want to call me, that somebody, that's
0: clutch too, right? I hear you, I hear you. But when you want to call somebody the greatest shooter of all time, and he's 0 for nine when the game is on the line to either tie the game, Vinny, or to win <laughs> it in the final 10 seconds, he's 0 for nine. Those are facts, those aren't Rob, feelings. Those do, are do, facts. Do you, Rob, do you understand? Rob, that's like,
2: you know, <laughs> when you get look him. at me in the light, when the light no. is just hitting me just right and my glasses are off and I no. got the just for men going, I can look like
0: I'm 10 years younger. No, he I, has to make you, to be the greatest shooter, you got to make shots like that. I'm not saying you got to be 10 for 10, Vinny, but he's he hasn't made any. He hasn't made any. And those are big shots. That's what you remember when you when you put the one of the – First clip you would ever put up of Michael Jordan is that shot against Cleveland, right, in game five, when when he makes the shot to win the series on that. That's what people remember. I'm just telling you, you could do all the Harlem Globetrotters and the bucket of confetti and all that and the half point shots. Those are all good. But knock down a big shot that matters when it matters Vinny? That's so, all I'm saying.
2: So, so are you saying to me that Steph is a choke
0: artist? No, I'm just saying he's not the greatest. I would take Ray Allen and Reggie Miller to make me a game-winning shot any day over Steph. What? Because Ray, because
2: Ray Allen made one shot. I was no, about to say, he, I would take Steph Curry more, for the entirety of the whole rest
1: more, of the game then. Give me Ray he Allen made Steph Curry for 47 uh, 47 no. minutes and 30 seconds. And then we'll sub in Ray to hit the last shot. Nope. Like, that, come on. But, hey,
0: you said he made one Vinny. He made one more than Steph. That's all I'm gonna say. And on that note, man, we appreciate you. Make sure you check out Vinny Goodwill stuff uh, at Yahoo Sports. He's one of the best covering the NBA. And Vinny, we appreciate you, my man. Rob, you are you are
2: amazing.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some things never change. never never change Rob you are something else (laughs) ridiculous man every week appreciate y'all man
0: thank you
1: hey basketball fan FanDuel is making betting on NBA games even more fun and exciting with same game parlays. for a limited time FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new users by doubling your winnings on your first same game parlay that's right FanDuel will double your payout when you win your first same game parlay up to $250. For my same game parlay tonight, I like Trey Young over points and Clint Capella over the rebound. So download FanDuel Sportsbook app and make your first deposit to get started. Then place your first same game parlay on any NBA game until May 9th. That's what I love about FanDuel. Things like same game parlays, right? always got some type of great promotion going on. And the most important thing, you get your money in 24 hours. Lickety split. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Use promo code LP3 at sign up. That's promo code LP3 so they know we sent you. The not-MVP of the Brooklyn Nets apparently will be returning uh, for the postseason. James Harden, speaking to reporters for the first time since injuring his hamstring, told Malika Andrews. He is very confident he will be back before the playoffs. The Nuts, uh, you know, they just lost back-to-back games with Milwaukee. Uh, your Brooklyn Nets MVP, Kyrie Irving, was fully in tow. Uh, Kevin Durant also. But James Harden apparently is the, the missing sauce to this uh, to this Big Mac in Brooklyn.
0: No, this, this, is, this is what people are fearful. This is what most people in NBA America, including you, were hoping that they wouldn't be whole. And now that James Harden... Is which I expected the whole time is that they would take as much time as they needed to allow him to get healthy and they'll have those three pieces. And I'll wait and see. All the people, all the doubters will have to answer to. We've never seen a mix of three offensive players on this caliber on the same squad. And who do you who do you leave open? It'll be very, very interesting. But Nets fans don't have to worry because I always believe that all three will be present and accounted for come postseason time?
1: Well, first of all, I have to address one major issue with what you just said, and it's me. I don't care if the Nets come back healthy. I want them to. As a fact, Rob, I like watching incredible basketball and it would be phenomenal to see. I just don't think it was going to happen. That don't mean I'm rooting for it not to happen. If it happens, then so what? I'll be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Doing this sports stuff is like the weather. It's got to be close enough, okay? I just don't see how this team defensively with James Harden in tow is going to be. A, I mean, if you see, like, I don't know. I guess, I guess you guys, and maybe it's the glasses that you wear. You watch what happened against Brooklyn on Sunday, and then again on Tuesday, and you uh, against Milwaukee on like Sunday, and then on, again on Tuesday, and then say, "Oh, you know what? We're just gonna add the twenty-five points that James Harden would have and the fifteen assists that James Harden would have, and they just would have won that game by thirty, right?" Like, I like no, that but, but work. But
0: that's too. That's too simple to think that just because. I mean. Uh, Giannis had dominated the East two years in a row during the regular season. And then come postseason time, things change. So for you to just take a look at two games and act like Giannis had 49 points and and shot like unbelievably from three uh, and, and he only won by two. So, yeah, they won the game, my God. But there was no James Harden. James Harden is not an added piece. He's a big piece of their team to be missing. When they traded for him, they gave up players to get James Harden, who would be on that team if James Harden wasn't there. So you can't look at the Nets without James Harden and act like that's what their team is. That's not their team. Whether you like it or not, that is the, their team. Their team is James Harden. Their team, James Harden, Kyrie yeah. uh, Irvin, and Kevin Durant. That's their team. Yeah. Now if now if the Milwaukee Bucks beat them back to back with those three guys, Martin, then I'm with you then I'm going to look at it differently. But you can't look at those wins and act like that's, that's going to determine what happens comes the postseason. That's asinine.
1: No, it's not asinine at all because here's the reality of the situation. You name me, you name me the NBA team that stayed whole this whole year. It, it doesn't exist. It doesn't the, the team without the All-Star that's been hurt. It doesn't no, exist. Everybody's hurt too. this year. At a certain point in time, I understand that most of the time in every other NBA season, we would be like, you know what? This injury in the regular season doesn't really matter that much. It's not that big of a deal because I get it because the playoffs are so damn long that, but it's just what, but the reality of the situation is everybody has missed a significant amount of time. You think I feel good about the Lakers pick right now? Absolutely not. Why not? Cause LeBron James isn't playing basketball and he hasn't been playing basketball for all this amount of time. And then when he came back, you know what he did? He wasn't hundred percent. I don't know if Harden's going to come back and be 100%. This year with the injuries, at this point, I just feel like you have to be leaning towards the team that's the most whole.
0: I, I just think that's that, that approach to, to look at it now. Now, if you told me that James Harden was going to be out for the playoffs, then I would buy it. He just told you he's going to be back. I, I, I think when that team I, – I just think that people are, are really – Uh, misguided on the nets. I just think when you talk about the NBA and I talked to plenty NBA players about, it's about the arms race. It's about that. That team can outscore you on most nights. It's going to be hard. The whole, all you got to do is be halfway decent defensively. They don't have to be the number one defense. The Knicks have the number one defense. They're not the number one seed. They're not, nobody's picking them to win anything, right? The championship. It ain't, just about defense. I, that, that's my point. Okay. If it and was, you're fine. If and it you're was, right. You're right. It's not just, it it's not not all TV about drink.
1: defense. It's not just all about defense. Although the, the, the champion last year had the number one ranked defense for most of the season last year, but, but forget, it, it's not all about defense, but it is partially about defense. It's half the game. And the Nets are consistently in the bottom 25. in every defense. I didn't that's even not I didn't oh. finish what I was about to say. How can you say it's not true? I didn't even get it out. Top bottom 25 of what, Rob Parker? You don't know because you hey, just you, cut me off. You talking about uh-huh. defense. What are you talking about? You don't know what I was about to say because you cut well, me hey, off. You know what? That's, that's all right. Because we're going to move on from this topic on to the hotly contested rookie of the year debate. Because LeVar Ball told me two years ago that LaMelo Ball would be the 20, 2021 rookie of the year, and he was on pace to do so until he, didn't he tell you
0: that Didn't he tell you that uh, his, his – uh, uh, Lonzo also was going to be rookie of the year. Did he tell you that? Listen, I'm not – I'm not no, here I'm to, I'm not, I don't want to count the man's you. failures. I
1: don't want to count his successes. This, I'm this asking is the you. a time for celebration. LeVon did he, did he tell you lot. that? He has did he tell lot. you that? But you know what? Everybody's quick to clown him when he's wrong. But, hey, on this one, I happen to believe the boy is right. I'm sorry, the man is right because his boy about to be the rookie of the year, even though Anthony Edwards has been spectacular in the last two months of this season
0: uh he i don't think he's going to win it's not about who's you're not voting for who's going to have the better career or who's more spectacular most of the time martin look at your look at your numbers that the guy who leads the rookies with the with the highest scoring average is usually that guy and his second half has been better and and lamelo has missed 21 games a 30% of the season you were just talking about the harden missing time and the nets But now you're acting like Melo missing 21 games in a 72-game season. Doesn't matter. No, no,
1: no, no, no. That's not what I'm acting like at
0: all. And and the writers. I talked to Chris Broussard, who has a vote. Chris Broussard is voting for Edwards because of his numbers and because of his availability. That's who he's voting for, not for the more spectacular
1: LaMelo ball who's had a great rookie year. I can talk to Chris Broussard, too. I got his phone number. And while I do not have a vote in this particular election, I do feel that simply because Chris Broussard does, doesn't mean we're, not watch, we're watching the same games. <laughs> so, I mean, at the end of the day, if Chris Broussard has a vote and he feels that he wants to be Anthony Edwards, that's cool because he could be wrong about that. Because you're right, the best ability is availability. Anthony Edwards was available as hell when he was coming off the bench for the first half of the season. OK, he just wasn't playing. That's why his that's why his numbers have improved as the year has improved. The years have gone on and on and Mello on. Lamelo didn't, didn't start the season either. He came and as, soon, and as soon as soon as soon as he came off the bench. Ten games into the season, the Hornets just shot up the standings. I mean, you, the, the, the impact that LaMelo Balls had on the, the, the uh, Charlotte Hornets is tangible and it's real. You know what the Minnesota Timberwolves before they drafted Anthony Edwards? They were terrible. They're still terrible. And I love Anthony Edwards. I hope he never changes. I love the way he plays. I love the way he talks to the media. I love everything about the kid. But the idea that he's a rookie of the year of a LaMelo Ball is patently insane. Simply because he because he was available? Because he had a great 2 No, because his numbers are Maybe better. This Come is on. the MVP argument that we
0: make for first Ball. It would, be one, it would be one thing if LaMelo Ball's numbers were better and he missed 21 games. But they're not even better. Even even the kid in Sacramento had a better per had, had a had a better uh, usage efficiency rate than Melo.
1: What did it, Vinny Golia say? Kid. Get these secondary stats out of my face. No, what are you I'm watching just telling every you. Night?
0: These, are, these are numbers. It ain't just about the splash. You're such a millennial and a
1: young guy. You Anthony Edwards. Person, oh my lord. The only reason. The only reason. The only reason Anthony Edwards was in the news for the first four months of his career was because of a flash dunk on, on uh, Watanabe against no, uh, the Raptors. No, but his numbers, he's leading all <laughs> rookies
0: in scoring. Come on, oh, what are you, what are you, hello, can you read my, read my lips? Can uh, He's leading every single rookie in scoring, Martin. What are you talking about? It ain't just God. about a dunk he made for social and media. It ain't
2: just about ah. scoring.
1: Basketball got a lot of different things you want to talk about. So Anthony Edwards needs to get it because He's going to lead the what's-the-name in scoring. Well, oh, Tyrese Halliburton should get it because he's got the best PER and defensive stat. You, name which one do you want? The guy who's leading the league in scoring or the guy who's leading the league in defense or I'm, the guy who's the best rookie? Like, which one I'm telling I'm, I'm telling you the guy who leads
0: rookies in scoring usually wins the, uh, MV, uh, the, the rookie of the year, and guys who miss a third of the season usually don't win. That's all I'm telling you. I'm going by history. You know, I've been covering the league since 1987, just for you to know.
1: Since 1987, when's the last time a, de- a team with under 25 defensive rating ever won a the title? There, go off your history with that when, one, when Mr. It, Rob when Parker. It ever been, when
0: has it ever been a time when you had three of the top 12 players offensive uh, who can get their own shots playing on the same team? Name me that team. It's never happened before.
1: 2007, was it? Whatever year, Miami? LeBron? LeBron, D-Way? Chris Bob? Uh, all right. But that's no, okay. That's all right. Speaking of LeBron. His team might be in the playoff, the play in this year after his injuries and all of this and that. And the Lakers have been you know, pretty disappointing when it comes down to just where people thought they would be and where they are now. LeBron recently ripped the play in. Do you agree or disagree with LeBron that the play in tournament should not exist?
0: I I agree with LeBron. I know we don't agree on a lot and I'll give him credit back in 2018 when they, they first talked about this. He called it whack. He didn't like it. I get it. It comes off as his team is going to be in the play and he doesn't want to be involved now because it, it affects him and his team maybe getting knocked out or, or, or a tougher road in the playoffs. So I get the what, what it looks like, but he was on the record from day one saying it was whack. I don't like it from the standpoint of normally even in the regular, what are we playing the regular season for? Why don't we just let all the teams make the playoffs if it's about extra playoff games and making the season interesting. Make, let everybody play in the playoffs if that's what it's about. And here's the other part that's great. You're going to have this tournament so that there's an A seed that gets waxed by the number one seed and loses in four games, which is what we normally see when they play. So what are they really fighting for? A chance to play the number one seed or the number two seed and get waxed in four or five games? That That's what it is? Come on, man. And, and if it wasn't for the idea... Yeah. That that uh, Steph Curry and some big names were in that mix. People wouldn't be for this.
1: All whoa, right. And whoa, that whoa, no,
0: That's not
2: true. No, that's, that I, I was can't. The Sacramento King. I got to stop you, stop you right here,
1: right now. No, 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 no. That is period. Stop. Patently false. That is so wrong. That's so wrong, Rob Parker. Oh my. I, I'm I'm almost. You 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 threw me off because you're saying if there weren't big name teams in this, people would not be excited about it. Cause that is last year the play-in was some of the most exciting basketball in the bubble. And the reason why the play-in was some of the most exciting basketball in the bubble is because you got to see guys like John Morant going in games that mattered. Cause you know if Memphis had somehow found their way into the eighth seed, they're gonna get their heads kicked in by whoever the one seed is because they don't have that level of talent but to see John Moran, to see De'Aaron Fox and to see these guys like Devin Booker who almost made the play in game last season to see these em- what is it for Rob? What do we what is the whole what is it all of this for? Why do we do this podcast? Why do they play why, the game? Why are we No 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 no, no no no. Why uh, no what why do you go to games and ask questions? Who do you ask questions for Rob? For the fans. So why would you not have a play-in game? Why would you because not see be- Why would you why would you rob the people of Sacramento the opportunity to see their team play well, at least one game no. that will actually matter. Their team didn't play well enough to make the playoffs.
0: Otherwise, what is the point? Put everybody in under your under your the way the your reason. There's thirty everybody teams in the, the playoffs. In. Half the team, everybody, in already. In.
1: everybody already makes it.
0: No, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's everybody it's a bad. It. It's all it is is a no, money no. grab to put more playoff games because the league lost three billion dollars during the pandemic or whatever the figure is. That's all this is. It's a gimmick. It's it's bad for the NBA. You got to be careful about putting up gimmicks.
1: Enough about you being incredibly and totally wrong about the play-in tournament. You know what, Rob? I'm sorry. I'll get off your lawn and make sure that it's manicured appropriately and watered just so you can be happy, okay? But I have a take that I heard that it was flooded out there. I, just, I can't believe that you would potentially agree with this, but do you think that Russell Westbrook Is the second best point guard of all time? No
0: way, no how. I mean, talk about prisoner of the moment. Scotty Brooks, we get it. He played for you in OKC. He played for you. He played for you in Washington. He's one of your favorite players that you've ever coached. But to jump up and say, because of what he's doing, and he's playing well, I mean, it's unbelievable pace on triple doubles. And I respect his game and what he does. But the second point guard of all time, I mean, I, I just I don't I think he might be in the top 10 at some place. But but the second best point guard of all time, I don't see that at all. I think this is a, such a reach. And uh, Scotty Brooks lost some credibility with me making that.
1: Well, Scotty Brooks is about to lose his job anyway. And really, Russell Rushbrook's not even the second best point guard in the league right now. However, I will say this. Situations such as this with Russell Westbrook and the things that he's doing right now are why the league needs to have an offensive player of the year award. I promise you, because Russell Westbrook should be in consideration for the offensive player of the year award, just like Steph Curry. It's because of what they're doing on a night to night basis is incredible, even though they're not having the regular team success that you would expect out of a team that has has a guard doing that type of stuff. Russ being the second point best point guard ever. Obviously, I don't buy that. But I will say, when I'm in terms of my basketball watching life, there are few people who I have enjoyed watching more when they are at the peak of their powers than Russell Westbrook. Nobody tries harder, nobody goes harder. The way he's interacting with his teammates in Washington down the end of the stretch, and the way that him and Bradley Beal are playing. Washington Wizards, for me right now, I know this is going to sound crazy. They're Must TV, which is another reason why I like to play him.
0: Yeah, it's easy to play when you've been out of the playoffs and you can just play and and you don't, you don't have anything to lose. So I love that. I mean, when the season mattered, when it was on the line, when the season when when everybody was jockeying for spots, they were terrible. They were NBA well, Siberia.
1: It's just yeah, they had, to put because, I mean, they had mad injuries. They had a million injuries and they were like the only team that actually had to like stop practicing and stop participating due to COVID for like a month, but Okay, it was rough not yeah, the getting Nets done. Had,
0: the Nets had a ton of injuries too, and guess what? They still had the first or second best record on Easter. I'm just saying. So, yeah, injuries are a part of it, but let's not let's not get crazy. It's like a baseball player puts up numbers when the games don't matter. When the season mattered, he, he, he didn't hit. You got to be careful. Not People can pile up numbers, and they, they're great players. I'm not knocking them, but don't make a bigger deal. If they were that great, they wouldn't be trying to get into the playing game they would actually be in the playoffs if they were that great. And that's the thing I admired the most when he did the triple-double the first time is that OKC had a better record when he scored the triple-double. So they weren't just padding stats. That's all.
1: So now triple-doubles are irrelevant because Washington I didn't say is that. below 500.
0: I'm I respected them when they were in OKC when he was winning games, and they were better. That's all.
1: So the game of the night, albeit without LeBron James in it, Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are playing the Los Angeles Clippers in Staples Center, obviously. The line here opened at seven. Now it's sitting at Clippers minus eight and a half. Rob, what do you like in this game?
0: I'm going to take the Clippers. No LeBron James. You already know the the Clippers have the best one-two punch uh, offensively. I I love, you know, Kawhi and Paul George. But the other thing, they lead the league in three-point shooting. Uh, I like the Clippers – so I I would take the Clippers all day in this. If LeBron was playing, it would be different. And it's weird. The Clippers have, have basically owned the Lakers a lot uh, over the last couple of years in their matchups with them. Uh, but even with the eight points, I'm going to go Clippers.
1: Yeah, I think I might have to go with the Clippers as well. Um, they have, they're, I think they've lost three in a row, but before then, they won 11 of 12, like, The Clippers are rolling and they're competing to stay locked into that third seed. They don't want to mess around with anything else because you get the fourth seed or like they're trying to stay where they are right now. I like the Clippers to win this game. Eight and a half is a ton of points, but I'm still going. I think I'm still I'm still taking the Clippers in the eight and a half. Although, of course, full disclosure, it's 1050 Pacific time in the morning right now. If the Clippers decide like, you know, hey, Paul George and Kawhi not playing today, then obviously I'm not going to place that back.
0: And the other one is you might want to take the under 211 because the Clippers have not scored more than 105 points over the last four straight games. So they haven't been scoring a lot of points. But then again, those were losses, three of those. Um, so maybe it changes with the under and the Lakers, who knows where they are and what team shows up. They got a couple guys missing, including LeBron. I would take the under and I would take the Clippers.
1: So the next game of the night, You have the Atlanta Hawks, who won last night. So the Pacers will host the Atlanta Hawks today. This line opened at minus five. It's now Hawks minus six. Rob, what do you like in this game?
0: Yeah, Hawks on the road. I'm going to take the the Hawks. Uh, The Pacers are sliding one and four in their last five, and I'm talking about straight up and against the spread. So they're going the other way. They've allowed 130 or more points in those games, right? Those lo- and they're losing by 11 or more during that stretch in each of these losses and those uh, four losses. So I, the Hawks are going the other way, and the Hawks – I mean, the the Pacers are going the other way, and the Hawks are going up. So I'm going to take the Hawks all day on this.
1: I'm taking the Hawks, too. I like the Hawks a lot. Actually, for my same game parlay, I gave out the Hawks. I will give out the Hawks. But I like the Hawks, too, because this just- – the Indiana's got so much turmoil going around. I, I just go ahead and check it out because you know what? Basically, they were like a, a darling in the bubble, and then TJ Warren got hurt, and then they fired the coach, and then everything went to hell. And it's just you know they don't have they just don't have talent. They've been hurt all year. I like the Hawks a lot. I like Trey Young to go off tonight. I think Trey Young goes crazy today, and then finally, Rob, your favorite team in the NBA. The Brooklyn... Remember, I'm a reporter.
0: I don't have a favorite team. I don't root for teams. I root for stories. That's what I'm about.
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's why you pointed at me and said, I wanted James Harden's hamstring to be hurt. I don't want that man's hamstring hurt. I want that man's hamstring to be just fine. I hope he... I want them at full strength. I would love to see every player in the NBA as healthy as can be because that means the product is better. And I'm here for the product. And tonight, I'll be watching the Nets at Dallas. The Nets right now, they started at four and a half. I'm started at minus four. They're now sitting at three and a half point favorites tonight against the Mavericks. Who you got? Um,
0: both of these teams have struggled against the spread in the last 10. They're both just five and five. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Nets. I don't think they lose four in a row. I'm sure they're not feeling good about the two losses to Milwaukee. So I think that they... Get it together. Play a good game. Uh, They don't want to lose. I don't think they'll lose four in a row. So I, I really believe they'll win, even though it's on the road. I like the Nets in this game. I think that's a good bet.
1: I'm going with the Mavs to cover. I think they have a good shot to win outright. And you know what? Because I realized something. On Tuesday, when I was watching that game, I'm watching Kevin Durant and Kyrie play the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm trying to figure out why in the world is the score like it is. And I sat back and I thought about it. Like two months ago, when Kevin Durant was hurt, they were talking about, we're not that concerned with the regular season. We just want everybody healthy and ready for the postseason. The Nets have punted this regular season. I, I, the idea that they, I, I don't think the Nets care if they lose four in a row because it's not the playoffs. I th- obviously, they lose four in a row in the playoffs. They're going to be gone, and that's going to be a problem. But I think the Nets have just nonchalantly walked away this whole season. Now, who knows? Maybe they'll, Kyrie and KD will combine for 85 points and blow everybody out because the Mavericks don't play any defense either. But I like the way the Mavericks have been playing. So I'm going to go with the Mavericks. All right.
0: For my lemon pepper parlay this week, I love the Nets. Minus three and a half on the road against Dallas. I think they shake out of this little. Uh, Three-game slide, they get a big win on the road. Just make them feel better about stuff. And the Hawks on the road, too. I'm going to do a road special. Hawks uh, over the Pacers who are sliding. Do you know that? You you smell that? That's the Indiana Pacers. One and four straight up and against the spread in their last five. And they they are a dumpster fire, giving up 130 or more points in those losses. So it's been ugly for them. I love the Nets and the Hawks on the road.
1: And for my same game parlay, I'm going to take Trey Young over points and Capella over rebounds in the same game that you like. I like the Pacers to get demolished tonight. I like the Pacers to get demolished. Trey Young's going to have a big night, and Clint Capella's going to be rebounding all the threes that he misses. So I'm, I like I like the Hawks on off of back to back. I get it, but you know I like the Hawks a lot.
0: All right. That's the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast for this week, the uh, NBA edition. Make sure you uh, like us, subscribe, tell your friends about us, share us, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next week. Martin Weiss, Rob Parker. Peace.